Welcome to God's Love Language, a podcast designed for Christian discipleship with emphasis on developing our relationship and fellowship with God. Now, here is our host, Joe Enlow. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Appreciate that. And we're glad you're back. Greetings. Welcome back to God's Love Language with Joe and Lo. I am your host, Joe, and thank you for choosing our podcast for your listening pleasure, because we know you have many choices. Last month, we began our series on the fourth relationship that God ever created, that of the child and God. We began with children in the ages of five to ten. Now, I wish I could tell you that all five to ten-year-old children are exactly the same maturity level, but we know that isn't true. In fact, we start today with 10 to 17-year-olds, we know that the maturity levels will vary with different ages and with males and females, or in between, between males and females. If you're in these age ranges and you don't understand what I might be saying, make sure to consult a mature adult for help. Now, there are so many life issues for a young developing man or woman to learn, and it's impossible to address them all here. After giving a historical, biological, and a psychological introduction of adolescence, I will offer the core building foundation for you, and then everything else in your life should build off of that. Get this foundation firmly laid, hold strong and faithful to it, and the rest will fall into place. You must hold fast to it. Don't lose faith and don't get frustrated for too long. But first, keep keep this in mind. Adolescence did not even exist as a developmental stage until around 1900. Before that, you were expected to take on the responsibilities of a man or a woman at about 13 years of age. This first episode will offer you and your parents a better understanding of the history of adolescence. Saying that you are in the developmental stage of adolescence is not to put a label on you but it's for you to understand that research has been done on thousands of preteens and teenagers so that you can understand what is happening to you psychologically and biologically. The same type of research has been done to every single stage of human development. If you listen and understand, you will come to know that you are not alone in what you are feeling and thinking. Understanding the truths from this research can help you understand how to navigate this very important life-altering stage of your life. First, I think it's important to understand the concept of adolescence. The word adolescence first appeared around the 15th century. The original Latin word meant to grow up or to grow into maturity. The first president of the American Psychological Association, his name is G. Stanley Hall, used it for the first time as a developmental stage in 1904 in his study entitled Adolescence. He described this new developmental phase that came about due to social changes at the turn of the 20th century because of the influence of child labor laws and universal education Youth had newfound time in their teenage years when responsibilities of adulthood were not forced upon them as quickly as in the past or as in other countries even today. Hall did not have a very positive view of this phase, and he believed that society needed to burn out the vestiges of evil in teenagers' nature. 
In this case, a vestige is evidence of something in you that you exhibit that should be eliminated. Therefore, adolescence was a time of overcoming overcoming one's beast-like impulses as one was engulfed in a period of storm and stress. That was a description of adolescence, storm and stress. He identified three key aspects of this phase, mood disruptions, conflict with parents, and risky behavior. That was the storm and stress. Many people in the United States believe that adolescence is recognized worldwide. We have tunnel vision and think just because it happens here in the United States that it's happening all over the world. It is important to note that in many other societies, adolescence is not recognized as a phase of life. In those other countries, there is usually a distinction between childhood and adulthood with significant rituals, rituals around this transformation. The duration of these rituals may be only a few days, whereas the United States, a period of adolescence often lasts over a decade or over 10 years. Teens in this country often lack formal road marks on their way to adulthood. Although we have bar mitzvahs, confirmations, and celebrations around getting the driver's license or graduating from high school, youth are frequently left to, des- or to design their own rites of passage. And this Gang violence may occur, pregnancy may occur, and graffiti may serve as such a passage. Seeing these risk factors fueled the common belief of Western society through the 70s and 1970s that teens were broken with major deficits and needed to be fixed in order to become self-sufficient and independent. The 70s also ushered in a greater focus on what it meant to develop an identity and sense of self in adolescence. And, you know, Webster's Dictionary defines self as the essential being of one person as distinct from any other. This definition is in strong contrast to the self seen in other countries. Even our DNA says that we are 99.6% alike. In most Asian, African, Latin American, and Southern European countries, the self is experienced with a more interdependent rather than independent view. In Japan, the word for self is jibun, which means one share of the shared life space. And all you share this life space with others, and this is your section. But we here in the United States tend to honor independence. We teach our adolescents to be an individual apart from their family. No wonder they struggle so much. They need to be taught the biblical model of being part of a family and community to help guide them to an abundant life. Relationship and fellowship intimacy are the keys to living successfully in a family, and for that matter, for living as a Christian. Luckily, researchers in recent years have recognized the importance of family relationships during adolescence. Emphasis that had been placed on disengagement where storm and stresses were seen as normal and inevitable was re-examined as culturally constructed. What had been seen as a female trait, caring about relationships, was newly perceived as a human characteristic critically needed in human development and our society. In other words, we all need that. It's not just feminine. 
Boys need to learn to share their experienced emotions in order to have a healthy psychological state as well as to improve their ability to have good communication skills with their eventual spouse. Of course, this behavior needs to be modeled by the male, the male parent also. When it comes to your emotions as a teenager, teens are often living painful lives of sadness, hurts, being scared, or are silent because they don't want to appear weak, and then it makes them at a high risk for suicide, alcohol, and drug abuse, loneliness, and violence. Whereas girls may shut down in adolescence because of a culture of objectification, boys are steered away from their emotional lives, or, you know, big boys don't cry type thing, by adults and their peers, and they often experience a culture of cruelty. In this culture, boys seldom receive encouragement to develop qualities such as compassion, sensitivity, warmth, and empathy. But according to God's word, those are the traits that Jesus emulated or demonstrated and that God wants us to develop as young men. Being meek in the Bible means knowing who you are, secure in your manhood and talents, and being humble until your manhood is called to bear itself. It doesn't mean you're weak. Men who try to tell you real men don't show their emotions could be demonstrating several faults of their own, including being poor, communicating, unsure of their own emotions, threatened by emotions, unwilling to process what they're feeling, etc. This is one reason women complain that men never show their feelings. Let me at least say this to those parents that are listening Never punish your adolescent for sharing their feelings and emotions, especially if it is because you do not know how to deal with them. This includes punishing them verbally, you know, like men don't talk, real men don't talk about emotions. Talking is a great way to provide catharsis or the discharge of pent-up emotions. The development of strong men and women begin with strong adolescent boys and girls. Being able to love themselves and express themselves begins when they realize they can discuss any emotions or feelings with their parents. It also encourages all youth to contribute to the well-being of the greater community by developing emotional literacy, emotional expression, and acceptance. These skills are needed greatly by both sexes and the society at large. Secondly, but more important than the first, you must understand that our whole mission here on earth is about accomplishing God's will for our lives so that we bring him glory and honor. Your happiness and pleasure on earth are purely secondary and are never promised but will occur if you are obedient to his will and commands. That is the love language of God, obedience. In other words, the reason you were created and chosen by God is for his benefit. It is not about you directly, but you can reap the benefits here on earth and, at the, uh, and the rewards that will be given out in heaven. True happiness and success comes through fulfilling your calling in God. You must view everything, all of your experiences and your environment from God's point of view. Anything short of that will not bring you to fulfilling or to fulfill your calling or experiencing the abundant life with God here on earth. That is quite the statement to an adolescent. Right now, you as an adolescent are probably thinking about yourself. You may be wishing for a certain girlfriend or boyfriend, making a certain team or how you wish you look different. 
Adolescents are very attuned to themselves. In fact, the secular world wants you to be. In the United States especially, the advertisements you see in social media, on TV, or hearing music for the most part are promoting that you put yourself first in all things. The truth is, the only place God wants you to place yourself first is getting to know Him more. You must grow closer in your relationship and fellowship with Him. What does that mean and look like, Joe? Good question. Glad you asked. It's say, you have a relationship with your dad and your mother by virtue of your birth. You will always be related to them no matter what because you were born to them. By virtue of, virtue of your salvation through Jesus, you now have a relationship with God that will always be there. But a relationship with God is only the beginning. In order to enjoy your relationship fully with your parent, you must have fellowship intimacy with them. That is seen when you grow close to them through doing things together, like sharing feelings, sharing experiences like fishing, hunting, going to concerts, shopping, things like that. Growing closer to God, fellowship intimacy with Him, involves growing closer to Him by reading and studying His Word, sharing His Word, interacting with other believers, letting your spirit guide your daily activities, not your earthly man, sharing your struggles with good, godly adults, and most of all, obeying God's commands in the Bible. Next, you must learn to honor the authority over you. The law of giving honor will affect you for the rest of your life, especially concerning your parents and their responsibility and requirements to raise and guide you. In Romans 13, God tells us to give honor and respect to the authority given to those you come across in your life that are placed over you. Honor their God-given positions so that you can receive the truths and the blessings their office gives. God has a plan, but you can only gain from it if you honor their position. What you gain may only be learning how to deal with difficult people. It doesn't matter. Learn what you must learn respectfully as unto God, and then move on. Do you honor God? Then honor His plans and those over you so that you can grow and He can give you the next lesson in life. When you think you know what's best for you and you set out to do it on your own, you are being selfish and you are operating in your flesh, your emotions. You think everything is about you. God has development development stages physically and spiritually. You must learn the secrets of the physical growth and the spiritual growth so that you experience the less resistance as possible. Living the abundant life will come faster if you honor and learn the lessons the first time. Honor is not given only if you like them, uh, any person put over you. It is given according to their office or role in life. Honor the family, its function, and your role in your family life also. God has a purpose for the family, and that includes raising you correctly. If you dishonor your parents or other adults over you, or over you, you are not allowing the family to function as God made it to work. It is not about you. Do not allow your emotions to rule you. Get control of your emotions by putting proper emphasis on your spiritual matters. Remember, body, soul, and spirit. There is power in obedience and proper spiritual growth. Don't listen to the, the body telling you what to do. Listen to your spirit. It's in tune with God. Even if your parents are not spiritual, God will honor your obedience and efforts by changing your parents. 
Honor the good advice your parents give you. Discuss with them the advice that is questionable, and it will all result in a smoother and happier life. You want to be selfish? Pray that God gives those with authority in your life wisdom and knowledge to impart to you. Pray to be like Jesus as much as possible. Okay. That's it for this month. Next month, we will continue our discussion about the adolescent with a deeper look at what those biological changes are doing to your body and how they affect your walk with God and your relationship with family members and then what you can do about it. And for your information, we will not be recording an episode for December. Next month, November, we will do our last one for the year. No episode for December. We'll We'll be making some major changes to include short clips of video interactions on other social media outlets. Until then, may God bless you and keep you and give you understanding beyond your ears.